in media for the politically aware. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. There you go. You are live, Janet and Sasha. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. And I'm your host, Janet Kier Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. And our producer is Thomas Becker, also known as a mad painter. And today we have a show featuring Dan Willis, who is one of the Disclosure Project's top secret military witnesses that testified at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. in 2001 in front of every major media. Uh-oh, are we offline again? Okay. Mad, can you hear us? We're, a- we're, we're live. Okay, I just heard a very strange sound. Like I took us out of the other conversation so it wouldn't get messed up. Excellent. Okay, this was a world disclosure event which asked for a congressional hearing in order to bring forth the witnesses, the witness scientists within black projects who can release the technologies derived from extraterrestrial reverse engineering. And that's been hidden for over 70 years now, 70 years ago when Roswell happened. Uh, that could stop further damage to our planet. But instead, the message was sanitized by controlled mainstream media. We've had Dan on our show many times before. We're so excited he's back. Uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of wonderful things. And uh, we have a page for Dan up on AquarianRadio.com. Please do take a few minutes uh, during your busy day and go over and look at that. And see who this amazing man is. Go ahead, Sasha. What would you like to say? Oh, just uh, we're really interested in the uh, secret space program. So many people from so many different angles have uh, corroborated each other's uh, stories, and <clears throat> we see uh, different parts of the picture uh, from every direction. And so I know you've been putting it together uh, too. And so we really would like to know what the bigger picture is that's emerging in in your mind about just what is the secret space program, what's going on. So, welcome, Dan. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just oh, kidding. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we thought you had all the answers. Hi. So, <laughs> but what are the people? Hey, it's good think? to be back on with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Well, you must uh, have some ideas. You're an incredible no, research. Speculate. We like speculation. Well, there's, there's, you know, I mean, there's so many indicators uh, of the validity of the secret space program. You know, we, we had, you know, besides Nazi Germany, you know, developing it in the 30s. And by 1954 in October, uh, we developed anti-gravity. We're about two decades behind Nazi Germany. 
uh, there's just so many indicators, anybody who researches into it, it just makes sense. You know, uh, one of the things I got involved with after the National Press Club back in 2001, since we were attempting to bring forth the scientists within these unacknowledged special access black projects that could prove that we've had a solution to get off of nuclear oil and coal for over 70 years, since uh, the Bush administration denied the congressional hearing, not a big surprise, um, you know, Dr. Greer set up a corporation, and we had a database of about 300 inventors, and I flew around the planet with uh, Professor Ted Loiter, uh, meeting some of these scientists and inventors. Uh, I did this for about, worked with them for a couple of years and did it on my own, a uh, total over 10 years meeting with scientists and working with them. Um, <laughs> you know, so many have received, uh, you know, well over 5,000 have received national security orders, which means that anything that can give us a solution has been deemed a detriment to the national security of the United States, according to the gag order that these scientists receive. And Great. if you look at how this came about, it came about through a um, sense, uh, secret system that the uh, U.S. patent had called the secret, the sensitive application warning systems. Uh, it's been in active for some time, which means that any solar panel that's over, you know, I think, 25% efficient or anything that's, quote, anti-gravity or, uh, you know, anything that seems to violate the known laws, right, of physics, uh-huh. automatically gets slapped one of these uh, national security orders. So, you know, we have to keep filling up gasoline for our cars and dealing with dangerous leaking nuclear power plants and, uh, you know, Great. wearing face masks because yeah. of the coal, <laughs> you know. We've been interviewing a lot of, of uh, secret space program people, whistleblowers, people who have been in the 20 and back program. And, you know, we, that's been in place for a long time. They're not letting any of these uh, new technologies out that could actually heal the planet and cure diseases and increase uh, human longevity, et cetera. Um, so looking at that, it, to me, I'll just say me, it, it seems there's some kind of terraforming project going on here with an agenda to, you know, keep us uh, short-lived, uh, perhaps uh, the population depopulation bomb uh, to you know wipe out the population because we're looking at situations now with uh, the newest hurricane and one coming inland soon in the next few days you know that mass you know here's who's Houston <laughs> the fourth largest city in in the United States and it's just massively destroyed so what do you think's going on based on that it, I think it seems so. like forming it for their own agenda but go ahead yeah yeah i think there's a there's a war going on behind the scenes that the mainstream media is not uh letting us uh become aware of um you know when i was looking at you know this studying uh tomkins material extensively uh and collaborated with dr sala on some of the freedom of information act documents you know his you know, we have, you know, 320 and back. You have 
you know, Michael Ralph came out, then Randy Kramer, then Corey Good, and they all claim to be 20 and back. And of course, you know, you're not going to you're not going to come back with documentation or proof with something like that. Right. But uh, but William Tompkins, who, interestingly enough, you know, uh, Admiral uh, Hugh Webster back in uh, 2001, uh, you know, told uh, told Bill Tompkins, you know, uh Bill, you know, he wanted to check to make sure it was okay to release some of the stuff because he's talking about classified, you know, operations. And he said, yeah, Bill, tell it all. It's most important to our country's future, you know, to tell the whole, the whole story. And, you know, my involvement with the Disclosure Project happened because of not only, you know, you know, because of the... Uh, of the uh, Lawrence Walk- Rockefeller initiative, which got Clinton to try to look into the stuff, which James Woolsey was denied access, which brought Dr. Greer into a meeting, which uh, that was back in 93. And then 90, in 97, when uh, Dr. Greer with uh, astronaut Edgar Mitchell met with uh, Admiral Tom Wilson, who was the head of uh, Joint Chiefs of or Intelligence, you know, for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I mean, that's pretty high. Uh, you know, showed him a list of these unacknowledged special access projects, which, uh, curiously, you know, I, um, back in 93, uh, the first meeting with Bob Lazar coming out of Area 51, a little town called Rachel, Nevada, right outside the base, I, I met with uh, him, John Laird, about a dozen people there. And what happened was a uh, NRO classified advisory came out that had a distribution list of all these, uh, you know, cosmic ops, magi ops, you know, all these different uh, uh, unacknowledged special access programs. There was a meeting just before that that happened in 91, which he gave Admiral Tom Wilson, and he was able to look up these uh, projects and found out, yes, they did exist, but uh, he was being denied access. You know, ever since they uh, essentially murdered Kennedy, they've been uh, doing these operations outside of our legal constitutional government. So... so, you know, uh, Admiral Tom Wilson, head of Joint Chiefs of Intelligence, said, you know, if you can gather the people together, go before them, you can have my permission to go before the media. This group is illegal. And so, uh, you know, by the year 2000, I joined, I was the 100th videotape witness, of which they've collected uh, by 2,450 military intelligence witnesses, you know, 20 of them were willing to go before the National Press Club, which I was one, you know, to, uh, you know, try to alert the people. But the mainstream media did what the CIA calls a limited hangout. In other words, they covered the event, but they, uh, when it came out, it came out to say, oh, well, the Disclosure Project's uh, wants to have a congressional hearing based on the reality of UFOs, you know, which, uh, of course, isn't going to gather much attention. But the whole fact that we said that we have the scientists that could prove we have the technologies that can come out to the world, you know, beside, you know, 57 species, NASA brushing UFOs out, nukes being shut down, uh, bases on the other side of the moon, you know, all the explosive stuff was carefully sanitized uh-huh. out. Only... 
the limited hangout, uh, which was coined back during the Nixon administration, back during Watergate, which curiously enough, um, oh, what was his name? Um, uh, Howard, uh, uh, anyway, the CIA guy who was in charge of the thing, you know, he had an interview with that before he went to jail on the whole thing. And he said the main reason they were trying to cover up on the uh, uh, T. Hunt, uh, yeah, it was Hunt yes. was the name, uh, said Hunt. that uh, because of the alien presence, that was the main reason why uh, Nixon got taken down with the whole Watergate uh, thing. So anyway, the limited hangout Wait. procedure is very Wait, effective. So what, did, what did Nixon do that the alien presence took him down? Was he talking too much or was it the other? <laughs> what was going on that they... You said uh, that they, they uh, Nixon down because of the alien presence. Can you explain that correlation? What you just said there? Well, um, we have apparently, uh, you know, Nazi Germany entered into an agreement with, uh, you know, according to the indicators, you know, it's, it's hard to get absolute proof on this, but there's so many indicators and witnesses that are talking about it that they entered into a, um, an agreement back in 1933 with the uh, reptilian race down in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until, uh, well, you know, Eisenhower had the meeting in, in 54 at Murdoch Air Force Base. And then by 1955, apparently, well, this brings into the secret space program. And apparently they entered into the agreement with the same group the Nazi Germany uh, entered into with the industrial military complex that Eisenhower tried to warn us about, that only an alert, knowledgeable citizenry, like through the alternative media, could be aware of this kind of stuff. But what seems to happen is that, you know, I think Tomkin was right on, and his documentation that backs up who he is, uh, supports, you know, his testimony. Uh, uh, bless his heart, you know, he just passed away during the eclipse. Uh, anyway, uh, what was happening was, you know, back in 1942, when there was like five discs that were extraterrestrial origin that were unmanned, uh, you know, the, the War of L.A., uh, right. two of them got shot down, one went to okay. the Army Air Force, the other one to the Navy. The Navy took it to um, to uh, China Lake, and the uh, Army Air Force took it to Wright-Patterson, and they did the reverse engineering operations, and all this was under the control of the RAND Corporation in Santa Monica, or the RAND, Project RAND, rather. Uh, but what happened was uh, the Air Force believed it had jurisdiction over everything in the skies, and the Navy, you know, just anything that floats out in the water, right? <laughs> so uh, General Hapgard, what was the name, I believe, uh, one of the Air Force generals working with Project Round brought in a huge amount of money. What this effectively did was push the Navy out, and the Navy went into its own secret program while the Air Force basically dominated Project Round, and then... Uh, 1948-1949, uh, it then turned into the RAND Corporation. Uh, this was about the same time that they suicided uh, James Forrestal, because Forrestal wanted to release the information. 
and the Air Force, uh, Lee May, and uh, the other ones, they uh, vehemently didn't want that to happen. And so it seems that ever since that time, leading up to about 1955, when, uh, you know, they uh, entered into an agreement, uh, you know, one of our witnesses, General, um, General Lovkin, who was on Eisenhower's staff, uh, knew that Eisenhower was losing control to the corporations, and and Eisenhower was was speaking about it, and then saying that you know it's not going to be in the best of hands. You know he was really troubled about it. You know he shared his concerns with Kennedy. You know at meetings at Camp David. You know before yeah. changing command. Um, you know so. It seems as though, you know, it, you know, it's all you can do is research this stuff, and and what I like to use as a foundation, you know, because anybody can say anything, right? Uh, right? What I like to use as a foundation is the, we've got over 500 disclosure project witnesses, which include astronauts, admirals, generals. I mean, if all those people are making up stuff, then that's that's weirder, you know, than what's what's happening. Right. And then you have all these authenticated top secret documents that kind of paint the picture. And as you put all this together, based on that as your foundation, it almost appears the indications that, you know, in Nazi Germany, uh, Xavier Dorsch was Adolf Hitler's main man that designed these these massive underground facility, which they had millions of slaves, work, you know, working for them. Uh, you know, from concentration camps and stuff. And in um, Operation Paperclip, they brought uh, Xavier Dorsch over right after the war and started uh, the, uh, quote, underground base, underground plant program for the United States, uh, <clears throat> you know, starting in New Mexico in the Monsanto Mountains and started tunneling and boring out. Now we have what... Uh, in the hundreds, you know, uh, I think it was like 312 or something. I, don't quote me exactly. Anyway, it's, it's hundreds of underground, huge, massive complexes of which we have no idea what's going on. We have, we have millions of people missing, unaccounted for. We have right. on CNN, uh, you know, Robert Steele talking on Alex Jones. Alex Jones got the rap for it. Uh, you know, talking about the uh, slave base on Mars, which you know, Corey Good speaks of. Um, and that's what know, uh, we, we interviewed. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Tony Rodriguez and what's Penny's last name? Penny. Uh, there's two, 20 and back. Uh, Penny's been uh, three times, so she's 60 and back. And they both go into, I recommend listening to their YouTubes, and we did a couple of interviews but um, apparently there's a huge part of the, of the world population that gets taken to these slave colonies. And um, well, Billy Carson says the missing from the FEMA camps in New Orleans are... are right. So the missing people are being used as slave. And so that the, <laughs> the slave population is, being a, a, is an exchange system for the universe. You know, what, what do we have of value? Human slave. So that seems to be one of the major means of commerce in this, um, besides the secret space program and all the, the you know technologies we don't have, but they're taking people and putting them in uh, you know slave colonies on the moon, Mars. Um, uh, 
Rodriguez was on Ceres, you know, further out in the solar system. So we're, we're getting some of the pieces. And so I wonder what you got. But, we'll but there, there was just this, obviously a part of, of White Hats and government that have uh, uh, sponsored you, Dan, and other people in, in uh, breaking the the, uh, tr the embargo and uh, you know, releasing the technology. There's 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 some forces that uh, approve of and are encouraging you to do what you're doing. Right. There's there seems to be you know different factions that are supporting freeing you know the population of the earth in, in this uh, ongoing. It's not just child trafficking. It's just human trafficking throughout the the planet and into the whole solar system, and maybe yeah. beyond. So anyway, that I just wanted to add that that's what we're discovering, and that that's part of what uh, why Eisenhower was compromised because. Apparently there was a you know a higher force that came and said you know the Earth doesn't really own own the Earth, you know we we own it and uh, it's not just abductions for the purpose of you know the you know the, the normal abduction experience for the hybridization process and you know experimenting on humans but we're taking people and slave trade back slave trade yeah yeah you know thank God for the White Hats behind the scenes you know because uh, of their their control of perception management, you know, through the mainstream media, and now we're becoming aware of, you know, their influence through Google, Facebook, YouTube, and and the fact that, you know, the CIA and NSA had, starting back in 1999, uh, in QTEL, what was doing is it was working on seeding and funding certain companies like you know google just seems like such a playful fun little name you know like sounds like childlike you know but uh, right. you know they they can infiltrate uh uh all these operations and basically become an extension of their perception management that's already well developed and refined that's on the mainstream media through the five corporations that control everything we see in here so you know, the only reason, you know, I don't sell books or CDs. I never made one penny ever at doing any of this. The only reason I do a talk show is, you know, maybe, you know, you know, just we have an opportunity to speak out and to, you know, I'm just concerned about all the people that are watching CNN and, you know, all the mainstream medias that uh, haven't really an idea of how, this all came about. And, you know, when I went to Washington, I was completely naive. Um, and when CBS came to do a special interview alone with me, and I said, I'm not doing this interview unless I can say, because I saw what CNN did, uh, we have these scientists that can prove we have a solution to help the world, you know, to get off these dangerous, obsolete technologies. Uh -huh. uh, she promised and it was almost in tears saying i'm sorry the higher executives which are you know we now all know or cia nsa um right. uh, made me edit that part out you know so i started to become aware and it wasn't until 2014 that a media company out of hollywood wanted me to write an article on media control since i used to be an abc newsman you know he's a broadcast engineer for the most powerful fm station on the west coast for many years uh, so I, I gladly accept it because I was trying to figure out what the heck did I get involved in and why are these, why is the media uh, 
you know, so carefully making sure that none of the really explosive information that would definitely get anybody off their couch and think, what the, you know, it's like uh, uh, sanitizing this out. And so, you know, I had to put together a chronology and I put it up on the webmatrix.net. And the article was called, you know, who controls the agreed upon reality through the mainstream media and why they fear disclosing the truth about the extraterrestrial reality. And it basically was an education for myself, you know, based on these documents and witnesses and then and then my own firsthand experiences as I traveled around the country, the major cities where we set up, uh, you know, thing for the executive briefing. And I saw how the network affiliates in every major city, you know, purposely made fun of it, you know, using the giggle factor. And so. Right. So that's kind of like, you know, being an ex-ABC newsman, I feel like the perception management that they're doing to to the entire planet um, is what needs to be exposed. Uh, Because, you know, if everybody knew exactly what was going on, humanity wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, it seems to me that the, what we really are dealing with, uh, these, uh, that the press is uh, uh, culpable of uh, accessory after murder because the, that's what's behind not just disclosing about the ET presence and the uh, misery that not having the technology has caused, but the direct false flags and other things that have been do- done to divert our attention. It means that the press, knowing damn well what's really happening, has covered it up, and they're part of this mass murder. And we just have to have every uh, some kind of truth and reconciliation to ever get past this crap. Absolutely. So oh. it's important what you both of you do on the alternative media to help get this information out. And, you know, as a, as a secret space program uh, whistleblowers, including Tompkins and Good and the rest of them, uh, are saying is that... Uh, there is a split that happened between the Air Force and the Navy. And that uh, it, it seems that the Department of the Navy, you have high levels, and that includes, you know, the, the Marine Corps, which is under the Department of the Navy, uh, is filled with a lot of white hats that are attempting yeah. to get the full disclosure out so we can stop this vicious cycle of deception. Deception doesn't do the whole of humanity any good. But if the, uh, they're trying to put a spin on it through the uh, Air Force, you know, through different media outlets and, you know, maybe Tom DeLong on some of his information, uh, you know, thinking, you know, coming from high-level Air Force officers, oh, it got to be, this has got to be the real stuff. But there is actually a, a great fear that if the true story comes out, there will be tribunals of crimes against humanity if yeah. the full thing came out. So, yeah, there, there's, this, there's this little thing going on, and it's, it's really a sad loss that, uh, you know, Tompkins was 94, but, you know. Um, well, uh, I wanted to look a little bit more into it, Tompkins' role, what he, uh, he had his book uh, uh, selected by extraterrestrials, I think it came out two years ago. He managed to create a great level of awareness, but I don't think all of our listeners know exactly what Tompkins uh, represented and what he was able to accomplish. I wanted to talk about that, but um, yeah, the, just one thought on the this. Um, it's 
it's everybody's complicit in a way because they're participating in the system. Yeah. Like if you go to the hospital, you know, the nurses and doctors all are, are enlisted into this program of, of these medicines that, you know, kill us. <laughs> and the people oh, right. involved in the energy system, like, like I mean, they're going to lose jobs and way of life. Pharmaceutical industry, starting with the Scripps Institute, back when we started bringing over paper clips. So yeah, they they definitely infiltrated the pharmaceutical industries. Uh, you know, you look at all what happened after uh, 9/11. One week after was the anthrax thing, right? Then Bush started uh, Operation BioShield, which made. Uh, millions of these vaccines on the, on the island of Realms, which was a little island off of Germany, which was Heinrich Himmler's bioweapons laboratory back during Nazi Germany. And uh, the Supreme Court has ruled that the use of these vaccines, if it kills you, uh, the pharmaceutical companies have no liability because just due to the nature, they're unsafe. You know, and so... And then you have congressmen saying, you know, hey, these uh, military and law enforcement are being trained to use, uh, you know, these uh, vaccinations and stuff like that. And what they're doing with the GMOs in our food, the fluoride in our water, you know, they're definitely weaponizing it against the population. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, you know, my... My well, everybody's mother. involved. You have all the people in the military with all their jobs, and they have their nice lifestyles and their fancy cars and their houses and put their kids through school because every down through the realms, there's so many people that are involved and in, enlisted into the current system and maintaining it the way it is because they'll lose their way of life and their right livelihood or you know their jobs and income and, and benefits from retirement. So that's the major problem is we've got this huge system, which is, you know, we can see it beginning and it started, uh, the major part started World War II, but it probably goes back thousands of years with the Anunnaki, but we just followed through this slave system that's ongoing and it's very uh, complicated and intense and it involves all, le all levels. I'm sure that's what Eisenhower had to deal with because it's like, how do we shift from this paradigm that is so deeply ingrained in our society to a world, this is a, a level zero civilization, probably a negative one because it, it's involved in slave trade, slavery. And no matter where you are in, in the pecking order, unless you're at the top, you're in, involved in some kind of, you know, extreme service for other people or the corporate economic system. Anyway, what did you want to say, Sash? Okay, nothing. So back to you. So we have this whole problem here. And, um, and you were going on a thread. Oh, let me get back my notes. Um, the, 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 we were talking about Tompkins and his role, what he accomplished, what he brought to the surface. I don't, uh, you know, I recommend getting the books selected by extraterrestrials. I know there's two more books coming out about Tompkins. And, and you said, Dan, that you're working with Sala. Uh, Dr. Michael Sala is uh, working to get this information about Tompkins in, in a third book, and there's a second book with a different party. So there's two books going on. Bob Wood is involved with it. What do you know, know about this part of the mystery? Tompkins, um, Wood, you know, Corey Good, all those people that are bringing part this little piece of the puzzle, bringing forth this piece of the puzzle. Well, again, I, I think it's, it's very important that uh, Tompkins, uh, came out with his book after, uh, you know, several months after 
Corey Good came came became public, uh, mm-hmm. and many many of the uh, things that Tompkins talks about, which he had no idea, you know, that you know Good was coming out with all this stuff, collaborate very very yeah. closely with each other, you know. To yeah. me, that you know, it's like. Um, and, you know, and, you know, on, on different points, you know, when you get different perspectives from different witnesses, you're going to have a certain amount of, of information that doesn't sound like it all fits together. But if on the on the general sense, on some of the basic uh, elements that are going on, they seem to all agree on certain elements that are happening in the secret space program. Um, one thing that seems very clear, again, is the Navy Department wanting uh, this information to come out in, in full and totality, whereas yeah. they're trying to run a different narrative. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, Tompkins brought a lot of importance to the secret space program uh, witnesses because of the documentation that he that he brought you know he was a brilliant little 17 year old with a photographic memory that could make all these entire models of ships in incredible detail and they realized this this kid's got a got a talent you know and so what's interesting is my my father worked at the same place that Tompkins was working uh and uh and I was talking to Michael Sell and I was going back through uh, my dad was in World War II defending against the Nazis in Iceland and the Korean War and stuff. And he worked at the North Island Naval Air Station for 20 years. And in an old chest that I had, I found one of his books. And it was from the 1940s uh, from the Naval Air Station San Diego. And it had all the personnel listed in it. On the front cover of the book has a big picture of President Truman and James Forrestal as the Secretary of the Navy. And sure enough, there was, uh, well, it was Captain uh, Rick Oboda at the time. Later, he became an Admiral Rick Oboda that uh, was in charge of the uh, Assembly Repair Department. Anyway, I sent that book to uh, Michael Salas to see if he could use it for collaboration on uh, you know Tompkins' testimony, um, he has you know the very fact that he worked uh, he's got the documents that show that when uh, Dr. DeBus, who was the head of NASA, who also worked with Heinrich Himmler and, and uh, Hitler, you know the SS, you know and everything like that, uh, he had a meeting with von Braun and DeBus, and they were very impressed, and they assigned him to the uh, Lunar Operations Command, and he has documents to prove that. And I found it very fascinating during the time he was working for TRW, the the time that uh, we went to the moon, that uh, he saw the uh, reptilian giant uh, spacecraft lined up along the crater, which he, you know, with his photographic memory, he remembered the video screen and, and made a rendering of what that looked like with a little tiny little lunar module down there like a speck and these giant uh 
you know, uh, spacecraft lined up around to intimidate them and yeah. tell them, you know, uh, collect a couple of rocks, do a couple more missions and go home and don't come back. And, you know, and that's How, what we, that? that's what that we did. The monitor? Was that on the monitor that was beamed back to Earth from the moon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had a yeah. live video feed, but the, the people of Earth, they said, oh, a camera overheated. And so the video dropped out, right? But in the meantime, right. ham radio operators, I'm a ham radio operator back in that time. Uh, I wasn't uh, tracking the moon, but the very fact that they had to have a very directional antenna pointing at the moon, you know, uh, disputes anything that, you know, people said, oh, they just did low Earth orbit and they never went to the moon, radiation and all that. No, we did go to the moon. Uh, they were able to pick up the signals and hearing, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong and said, oh my God, they're, they're huge. And, uh, you know, talking about the alien spacecraft. Yeah. So, um, it was kind so of, the ham, the ham radar, kind radio of... operators got to hear the live feed. Is that what you're saying? Uh, say again, I'm sorry, Janet. Did you say that the ham radio operators got to hear the live feed, or they just got the signal? I, I'm sorry, I got confused there. Oh, 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 um, uh, the people of Earth were watching the uh, astronauts jumping around on the moon, which I, I think some of that video feed was from Stanley Kubik's. Uh, they had to have something to drop in in case something like this happened. And so... Oh, okay. You that know, makes sense. Uh, but... Uh, what was happening was that, you know, everybody has all these disputes, you know, on the video. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that NASA has one of the most important achievements of mankind has lost the, the actual original video of the Loon Men, Loon Men, you know, all these little, you know, little things. You know, it was 1969. I remember when I was working with a high-level security clearance at the Blockhouse Naval Communications Station, San Francisco. I was, I, I was going to work uh, looking at the officers' quarters. I had a black and white TV there and watching the astronauts jumping around on the, on the moon. Um, at least I think it was black and white. At least the video feed was black and white. Oh, yeah, uh, black and white. Most of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was the time that I received my report of a ship off the coast of Alaska that the crew witnessed coming off of Port Bow, a 70-foot diameter uh, glowing reddish-orange disc that came out and shot straight up into space. The ship's radar operator tracked the blips of estimated going over 7,000 miles per hour. This was a secret classified priority message going to the chief of naval operations. And, you know, when I was, it was coming in through uh, high-speed Morse code, and I was decoding it, typing it out on the typewriter, and, you know, getting the authentication codes and everything. And, wow. you know, I took thousands of messages. And that's the one that I, I thought, I want to go to the Xerox machine and make a copy. But then I thought, oh, my God, you know, it's 10 years in prison if I... Uh, if I get caught, it's not worth it, you know, so I just kind of remembered the best I can. That was a long time ago, you know, so I contacted the Office of Naval Intelligence. I knew I had several particulars. It was from a U.S. ship, which is a U.S. Navy uh, supply ship. Uh, and they told me that, you know, the records had been destroyed. So unlike the other witnesses that 
joined in Washington that had substantial evidence and documentation. You know, I wasn't able to, you know, come up with anything. Just had to have my. Each one of us said we were willing to testify under oath before Congress after we gave our testimonies. Uh-huh. The dog ate your homework. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I they they are. <laughs> wasn't worth ten years in jail. No. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I I was in a UFO group and I heard the same story about the the a huge seventy uh, foot diameter. Uh, yeah, it emerged uh, underneath. It came up underneath the craft and then it came up, um, shot up into. I guess it just. You know, it kind of glowed underneath them, and then it shot up. I heard a man said he was on that that uh, ship when I was at the UFO group in Honolulu back in '93 or something. He was uh, talking about it. You know, and you know, some of the people are writing books about. I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, what are they trying to hide? You know, <laughs> underneath the, the underground bases and stuff like that. Also goes into. Uh, you know, the military has these plans for underground, uh, underwater bases as well. You know, what a perfect place to keep away from prying eyes, especially if you have craft that doesn't have any issue with, uh, you know, going way deep into uh, into our oceans. So apparently right. well, I, extraterrestrial I and military. I was in an underwater base one time. I won't take up this whole show here, but uh, I actually am a witness to. I was taken during one of my you, abductions. You've been trips. into an under underwater base. Yes, uh, off of Johnston Atoll. Oh, and then Doctor Sol tell me about this. About it. Well, it's a long story, but basically, I had my typical abduction. I was working on Johnston Atoll as a civilian, doing kind of um, administration work. And I had a, a, a boyfriend, and we were both taken to the underwater base. Uh, he was put on the the uh, tray, you know, the, the metal tray, then they examined him and did things to him. And, and then I was taken further down into the installation where it went into huge underground natural caverns. And uh, I was kind of like in an eyes wide shut ritual. There were... About a thousand, um, I called. Them, they, I asked them who they are. They said they were the Anunnaki, very tall um, humanoid beings. And uh, basically, at the end of the ritual, we stood be, before a large obsidian uh, wall, and there was a, a place that, where I stood. And as I stood in the middle of this circle, the wall um, dissolved, and on the other side was a huge reptilian, gigantic, like a dinosaur. Uh, and then it sent an avatar of itself to stand in front of us because it was gigantic and um, and it, it looked like a dragon. Closest thing you could say, it's like a dragon. And then uh, I was kind wow. of the key, and they the, the, we they started to telepathically communicate through me, and then everybody was communicating through me. Somehow, because of my genetics, I was you know the key. <laughs> they called me the key, and um, I apparently deciphered this information that came from the thousand Anunnaki and this dragon back and forth to each other. And then they, they returned me to my bed. And then after that, I, I wanted off Johnson Atoll. So I, I worked to get a, um, out of my contract and, and get back to Honolulu. But I think they were done with me by then. So they, they allowed me to leave, but that was my role. And I, yeah, I called the dragon at the end of time. <laughs> wow. 
Well, yeah. that's quite an experience. So, you know a lady named Karen Lister in New Zealand? Uh, no, but I should get a hold of her. Karen Lister, okay? Yeah, she uh, she was actually the one that got me to talk to talk on you know coast to coast and and you know a number of talk shows. I was kind of shy. I didn't really want to get on, you know, the radio uh-huh. and and talk. You know, she said, "No, you should get on. You, you know, you're a disclosure witness. You should get on the talk shows." And so she kind of encouraged me. But she, when she was 17, she got taken to one of the underground, underwater bases and got to see some of the technology that they had uh, and, and how they could heal people and take the, you know, in in the sick base, so to speak, you know, they were able to cut an arm and then reverse time the cut and then cause it to heal. And uh, this bed she was sleeping in that was kind of like an anti-gravity type of thing. And she noticed there was, it was military working alongside with the... Uh, very attractive, good-looking, as probably Nordics, you know. Uh, they're, they're super beautiful. I can't explain it. They're, they're hyper, uh, physically hyper beautiful. They, they call them, the, uh, in the Anunnaki literature, they say they're the glowing ones, the glowing eyes, the glowing ones. Uh, it's almost like um, their molecules are moving faster or something. They, they glow. They glow. They're incredibly beautiful. They're like Barbarella's boyfriend in, in, in the in Yeah, the but movie. most people don't know what that's about. That was too long ago. Um, anyway, so she said that they're very uh, beautiful as well. Super attractive. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of interesting what, you know, Tompkins was saying about, you know, the technologies of pharmaceutical and they also have... Uh, you know, scientific working with uh, temporal fields to be able to, you know, reverse age people. There's some, there's some link with consciousness and our aging process. You know, like Bruce Lipton says, you know, our consciousness can alter and change, you know, scientifically. They've shown that it changes our DNA. So um, apparently, well, you know... Like a belief system that they instilled upon us that we're supposed to live a certain time and die. And uh, in a way, uh, Aubrey de Grace says that we're being murdered at a rate of 100,000 a day uh, because there are cures for these diseases, including the disease of aging. We do have extreme physical longevity and immortality like the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki lived to be, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. And that's our potential. And then there's the excuse that, well, what will we do with the population? Well, we'll go off planet, obviously. We'll become a level one, two, three, four, five, or six uh, civilization, and we'll have interstellar travel. But uh, there's some faction that just wants to keep us uh, lower mentality, controlled, manipulated, and, and slaves. And I, I thought, <laughs> from what the Anunnaki said, that, the, um, that slavery was illegal. But apparently in this part, this quadrant of the, the universe or the galaxy or whatever, this is the prison planet. And uh, on some level, we souls, you know, because we're incarnated in these human forms, must have done something to offend somebody. <laughs> Not meaning that we're necessarily evil, but... Um, we're over here quarantined. That's that's what I'm gathering, and so I'm I'm looking for people that can discuss this issue on that that next level. It's kind of like the story within the story within the story, 
what did Eisenhower learn? What really was behind that meeting? Is there anybody out there still alive that could come forth and tell us what happened behind those doors? Yeah, because uh, apparently that what he was uh, told was that the reptilians own this planet. This is a colony, reptilian colony. That's why we have the reptilian DNA uh, within us, because that was an agreement made many, 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 many years ago. And, um, and like it or not, they get to take their own. We are their, you know, project, and they get to take us and do as they will. That is the United States, and, and uh, the Nazis made an agreement to uh, work uh, for the greater Draco Empire. That is what it boils down to. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the hypothesis. All right, this is what we're getting. But who knows what's actually true, but... You know, the only reason I think, you know, all of us, I think we're all in this, this same, same line. We want to see the suffering stop on this planet and the deceptions exposed. And so the deceptions mm -hmm. are what's causing the, uh, you know, I had to go to combat action in Vietnam because of the deception, because of the uh, Gulf of Tonkin thing, you know, all these false oh, flags yeah. that, are, that are happening on this war. And these needless wars and these people suffering and, you know, the report from Iron Mountain that came out in 67 that said that, you know, and LBJ just hit the roof, you know, had it suppressed for all time because it kind of could expose the whole plan which Brenner mm -hmm. Von Brand did as well, you know, that they're going to have one situation after another just to keep continual conflict and war that keeps the powers that be in control. And, yeah. Right. You know, this, this has got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we do it? It's like we're on a, you know, on a train that's lost its brakes and it's going down the mountains and we can't seem to stop this accelerated process that's just i mean I, i'm 63 years old and i watched my poor world war ii father who served in italy who helped liberate you know auschwitz or the uh, italian auschwitz and uh, his whole life was he was in ptsd he, he he was very retracted and i i did what i could to bring him out but he was shell-shocked and he re, here we're doing it, generation after generation. We're just um, we're taught to be patriots, but what you know, like John Lennon said, what's is that? What's that about? We're taught to kill people that we don't know that are across the planet, and now we do it remotely with drones. It's insanity. But oh, where, where are those every generation has their war, you know, and 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 so many so many young guys, you know, in the Middle East, you know, coming back with the PTSD, you know, it's like. Oh, man, it's, uh, you know, if they, they were able to release the technologies, uh, you know, there'd be places, there's, there's enough room on this planet for everybody, and, you know, if we develop, if we release the anti-gravity, we could probably, you know, move on to other planets, but the thing is, is that uh, we have... We have the, we have just only because there's this veil of secrecy, is the only thing that's keeping all of humanity on this planet from realizing the technologies that have been suppressed and hidden all these years. That could, you know, so much, so many things are fabricated and pitting, pitting us against each other. That you know, and you know, religions don't seem to help much on all that. 
Um, well, they're part of the. They're part of. I mean, there's there's some real things behind religions, the, the consciousness and spirituality, but the dogma and the particulars are part of the control mechanism, the psychological manipulation that keeps us pitted against each other, and so we have. You know, this patriotism and the, these different uh, races and the different religions that separate us. And then even within the UFO community, we had this MUFON conference. And we had, you know, the, the people that are experiencers and in the secret space program were against the nuts and bolts people like Richard Dolan. And so everywhere you go, people are using this drama, trauma, you know, division um, scenario to, to make a hype to sell tickets apparently, or to, to finance uh, wars, which just keep us feeding this uh, corporate machine. And this is why the uh, first CIA director, Admiral Hillencotter, said, you know, tried to want to have open congressional hearings because of the, quote, dangers of secrecy. And then Kennedy, if everybody's aware of his speech regarding the dangers of secrecy and the secret societies, which ironically, nothing but 33rd degree Freemasons and the Warren Commission said that there was no conspiracy involved with his murder. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, uh, but, you know, and then they come out in, uh, I think it was in uh, 60, around 60, you know, in the 60s anyway, with a document that that tried to get the CIA to use the term conspiracy theorists, you know, against anybody that comes up with alternative views. And they've been using that same old technique all these decades later. And now they're using, you know, fake news and all these other things. And, and there's indications that, you know, the the main outlets that we have, you know, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Google, and everything, they're changing their algorithms, they're doing everything possible in order to, uh, as Edward Snowden revealed with the GHCQ documents, with the sock puppets, trills, and shills, manage our perceptions to hide their operations. So what can we do? And why are they even letting us talk about it? <laughs> they control everything, but they're still allowing us to talk about Jim it. Jim Mars says it makes them feel really strong that they can let us blab and we're, we don't accomplish anything against we're hopeless. them. We don't influence policy in the least. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, that's why we do these uh, alternative media talk shows. But, you know, it does feel like we're preaching to the choir because the people listening are obviously fairly savvy enough that they've done their own homework and researched it enough that they are past ET 101 and that they, right. uh, and then past secret like government 101. Increasing, though, that <laughs> There's we, more of them. Yeah. We may be effective when we are coming up on a break, which will be in about a minute or two, but it seems like, okay, it seems like we're preaching to the choir, yes, but it seems like the choir is growing and we are effective in some way. But I, it makes me wonder, you know, are they so, are the powers that be so arrogant that they don't care that we increase our numbers? But then what you said is that they're changing the algorithms and I don't know, it's very confusing. I wish somebody <laughs> would come forth and explain a little bit more what's going on here. But if you just look at it, you observe, we're still talking. And 
and, and well, these shows are growing. Well, they're working on it. They're they're desperately working on it. You know, there's, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, websites that have monitoring of their traffic, and all of a sudden, since March of this year, since Google, which controls YouTube, uh, all of a sudden their traffic has all of a sudden dropped dramatically. Yes, that's happened to me. Yes. So yes. it's it's happening right now. I don't know if Freedom Slips and uh, Revolution Radio has been on their uh, new algorithm for you know we definitely don't do hate speech. We. It's so good. We pick it up back in about five minutes. Thank you. Ready? See you soon. attention i've just been handed an urgent news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen hey folks you got the nighthawk here do you have a favorite host well imagine if you all having all the broadcast shows from 2013 to listen to anytime you want awesome deal huh anyway so stop by freedomslips.com and order the entire 2013 library of your favorite host for just $30. Not only do you help with the station funding to keep us on the air, you also help the host because they get half of the net on every order. Also, we have Revolution Radio's all-time favorite shows all on one disc. The details are really broad, so you'll have to visit the website and go look at the details yourself. It's, again, www.freedomslips.com forward slash season2013.htm. And get your favorites. First come, first serve, 7 to 21 days for delivery. Thank you. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information ever sleeps. Including me. <laughs> Later. We've got to stop them. They're going to kill us all. Enter into a world unseen on Raven Star's Witching Hour. You will encounter eclectic topics from the realm of spirit brought into our matrix of truth. With your host, the Solaris Blue Raven. Solaris will bring you an array of unique guests covering topics from ghostly spirits to amazing anomalies, covert technology, UFOs, and shadowy global events. And that's right here at Revolution Radio Freedom Saturdays, midnight till 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Let the magic rise. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oscar's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. The blood is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not. The heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener-supported radio. Reporting to danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs to government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... You have it. That shouldn't have played. Go ahead. Janet. We're back. Where's our drum roll? Okay. (laughs) I put the the wrong one in. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's relevant. We're back at the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at freedomsips.com. And I'm Janet Carol Lesson with Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. And Thomas Becker, and we're here with Dan Willis. But before we get back to our show, I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to that donation button on freedomslip.com and do donate what you can. You know, dollar five, fifteen, twenty, hundred, a thousand, a million, whatever you can donate is greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. And we do thank you very much for taking the time and go over there and clicking and making your donation. And a mad painter. Thomas Becker, what are where are we? Did we meet? Oh, we got about seventy dollars, and but it's only the third, so. Right. Did we, we make it we, last we, month? We do want. Yeah, we just made it last month, so we do hope to uh, maybe have an excess at the end of this month. So get off that fiat currency and pass it on over here. 
All right, sounds good. Okay, Sash, you want to say something before we bring uh, back Dan? Uh, just so what we were looking at is the possibility that uh, when the uh, Nazis uh, either had their own hovercraft or uh, or were in league with people that did, uh, they uh, made an alliance with the United States to bring over Nazi scientists and and. Uh, who to the United States and basically infiltrated uh, uh, all levels of government and business, and they, they have an alliance with the Dracos. And at the, on the other hand, we have the Navy, who has been uh, tipped off by uh, actually some kind of uh, good forces, the real ladies helping Thompson and the good Tompkins, the, uh, Tom's, Tompkins and the good and the White Hats uh, to try to uh, save whatever's left of. Uh, of uh, what the ideals of democracy, uh, you know, we get people like uh, Randy Kramer and uh, Andy Bishago and, and you, uh, Dan, who are uh, like ambassadors of the good hats. And, uh, you know, it just sounds like it's almost like uh, as below, so above, too. There's all these alliances and uh, slave colonies and all the junk going on in space that's going on here on Earth, too. And I don't know about this higher civilization stuff because it sounds like they're they're at it, too. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> Back to you. Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah, Andy, you know, it's interesting, Andy Visaggio. He, um, I knew Andy uh, back in 2004 before he went uh, public. In fact, he wasn't even oh. known. And, uh, in fact, I was hiring him for his lawyer services. And um, he... Uh, we talked for hours and hours, and I said, Andy, we've we got to get you as a disclosure project witness. But, you know, Dr. Weir didn't want to bring him in because he didn't have, you know, like Richard Dolan says, you know, he didn't have the documentation or anything to back up what he was saying. <laughs> but I told him, hey, you know, for your own safety, you know, you get on coast to coast, get on, you know, and he got very visible, not only on alternative media, but on mainstream media, too, which, of course, they made a laughing stock out of him, you know, talking about the Martians and the jump rooms to Mars and everything. But, you know, which is kind of strange because he you'd think he would know that, that they would do that, you know, and uh, be kind Andy's of very sweet. <laughs> So how ironic, though, that you would have found him to be your attorney. It's almost like that's just the odds against that are just amazing. So well, how I, did you find I, him? I was introduced to him through Albert Weber, who I worked with oh. uh, a long time ago on uh, some projects with uh, <laughs> another disclosure witness. Anyway, well, okay. um, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, you have uh, all these people talking about the reptilian reality, right? I mean, mm -hmm. but you, uh, but then you have, you know, the Vatican in 2008 saying, oh, all the extraterrestrials are all benevolent and they, they weren't born of original sin. So, and, and you've got all these different people, you know, including uh, <laughs> Dr. Stephen Greer, uh, Grant Cameron, who I'm doing a show with on Revolution Radio this uh, this Wednesday, you know, with uh, oh, cool. my detective friend Monique Lassan, um, uh -huh. you know, a Paola Harris. You have all these people saying uh, there are no, you know, uh, benevolent ETs. They're all benevolent. But 
you know, I ask you, you know, of anybody, uh, how do you know that? And what do you base that on? You know, like I, I don't know for sure anything. And what, what information source do you have that I don't have that you're able to confirm that that reality is true? That's that's my my question to all these people. Maybe they have just not been, you know, Dr. Greer has his sources, which is considerable. He has a number of sources, but that doesn't mean that all of them have been read into uh, all these secret programs, which are highly, highly unacknowledged and, uh, you know, compartmentalized into the whole structure. So not everybody knows everything that's going on. So to say that you know something for sure um, um, doesn't go over with me. I, I, I don't know. I think there's enough witnesses that have, and that one lady, I'm trying to remember her name. She was on uh, with David Wilcock on uh, Cosmic Disclosure. You probably remember her name. But she saw you know, a reptilian being. She was in the Air Force Interestingly enough, you know, right? Air Force, reptilians, right? So, um, <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen reptilians, and there was one that I interacted with for many, many, many years, like from age four to about age twelve, and uh, then I decided to take different directions. I kept running into him in this, when I went in the, in the uh, backyard through the alley, but um, I. Originally perceived him as being very evil because his energy was very high and different than the other extraterrestrials that I had been interacting with. But when I went into uh, regression and hypnosis, I realized that he was not evil. He was just trying to communicate with me, and his vibratory frequency was not in uh, alignment with mine, and, and it felt really weird, and so it scared me when he was trying to telepathically communicate with me. But... um. You know, and, I, and I've interviewed people that have had sex with reptilians. So you, but then, so you actually have a face-to-face interaction? Ongoing, yes, face-to-face, ongoing relationship with the reptilian. Wow. Well, and you, you're one many person years, that can say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was terrified of him, though. And the poor, the poor guy was just trying to communicate with me. And, um, and then Misha Johnston has had ongoing interactions with reptilians and she has some uh, hybrid children and she's um, used an artist and has uh, these representations of what they look like and they're actually very uh, very beautiful the, the, the mixing of the humans and reptilian DNA um, her son is, is very handsome um, so but and you I'm know, sure some of them are, are pretty nice you know I asked Dr. Greer in 2000 you know about the reptilians and he said oh they're sweet you know so um <laughs> you know i'm sure some of them are are nice but you know i mean to discount to say that there is not a you know reptilian agenda working with uh you know the industrial military complex of the military oh, yeah. i wouldn't rule that I out think they're just complicated as humans sash wants to say something oh well uh, uh stuart swerdlow who uh um He's in contact with with a Syrian, a regular contact. Basically, uh, he got the, the the message that after the Council of Hatona, uh, when uh, the uh, those races that settled Earth were given a chance to make a proto uh, being that could live on Earth, and twelve human groups and one reptile, uh, 
group uh, gave their DNA, and the reptilian group gave the DNA to the brainstem part of us. So we ask where the reptilians are. One place they are, they're in each of us. And what this is, is just our ability to uh, be survivors, to fight to the death, to be obsessed with hierarchy, who's on top, uh, to be, uh, you know, and so that is a part of, and of course, each of these groups that contributed tried to make their genes dominant, according to uh, Swerdlow, and the reptilians felt they could really, uh, um, if they could manipulate people's uh, brainstem, that's where they would get in with their programming, so... Uh, that's yeah. one of the places the reptilians are. They're, it's in, they're in us. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we have a little bit of uh, Nazi reptilian in all of us, don't we? <laughs> we do, yes. Uh, one of the things that Teresa J. Morris, who's another host here on Revolution Radio, I, I work with her on Saturdays, um, she says that she was on, uh, she was a commander on board of a large craft outside of Mars that had a, a million personnel, and... Um, they were guarding a wormhole, and there was a being that was, uh, they called it the wharf, uh, they were wolfen, and they would come through and they would absolutely destroy any planet, uh, or, you know, totally rape it and leave it a, a, a charred cinder, nothing left, no life left at all. And so that was the other polar end of the continuum of existence, you know, was the polarity was created, good and evil, light and dark, to create this continuum upon which we play out this passion play of life and existence and uh, we define ourselves by what we like or dislike you know what we're in polar opposite of and so the beings that were on this craft uh, that uh, she worked with they had no ability to defend themselves they they couldn't hit they couldn't kill and so uh, they needed to have soldiers so the humans humans have the ability we can kill we can hit we can perceive ourselves as self and not self. They, they have, these extraterrestrials on board a ship are so high and enlightened that uh, it's it's difficult for them to separate one from the other because their skin, their skin encapsulated substance, they're not as thick skinned, so it's more permeable and they're more psychic and they and their consciousness, you know, more automatically merged because they are telepathic, whereas we're not telepathic, so we can perceive self and not self, self and apparent other. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, they have like a group mind. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it makes me, you know, I think about you know the control. The you know, one thing that kind of perplexes me. I think uh, Professor Joseph Farrell's addressed this. You know, <laughs> here you have Nazis infiltrated, right? And they took over uh, the mainstream media. They they took over control of the education. Rewrote what happened in the World War II. Took over Hollywood, starting in 1951 with the yeah. day that it stood still. You know, and Operation Mockingbird. And it basically con took over control of our perception. Uh, yeah. And then you have, obviously, you know, they, they speak about the, you know, the Kazarian Mafia, you know, and the, the connections with uh, that in controlling, I don't want to sound anti-Semitic here or anything, you know, but, you know, Hollywood be controlling by Jewish elements, you know, and, and, and the mainstream media and everything. And so, you know, it doesn't seem like Nazis and Jews really get along together, but, you know, there seems to be some collaboration of within the cabal of different, uh, I don't really know, but it seems like there's different factions within this cabal that seem right. to 
tolerate each other because their agendas are somehow complementary to each other or something. What's, what's your take on that? I'm just curious. Well, I'll tell you mine and then Sasha can say his, but Yahweh is Enlil, and the Enlil people were the Jews, and so he's one faction, and Enki is, um, so they get divided into God and Satan, and the Satan is just the ones that they, um, the one that lost the war, right? The, the winning party gets to call the other, the evil one, the satanic one, and so these two brothers have been fighting for for hundreds of thousands of years, and then they had their two clans. Well, the one that ended up taking over the whole dung heap here on the planet was Marduk. And there's a long story, and I won't go into it. And so Marduk um, took the whole system, and he made it into monotheism. He took, he said, I'm everybody. I'm all the gods. I'm everything. And um, they basically, you know, a lot of them left planet and left rulership to Marduk, who was by birth entitled to rule the earth and actually Nibiru, but he was being denied rulership because of his um, bloodline, which was mixed with the Alalu clan. A lot of, lot of politics, just like our modern royals, right? And so, but that's where you get the two factions. There's there's two factions vying for the control of the earth and Nibiru and, and the solar system. But within that, um, there are some that love humanity, like the Yankeeites, because um, Enki and his clan basically created Homo sapiens sapiens. If we weren't here, they would probably, um, well, they probably exist, but they they lacked hybrid vigor, so they were no longer able to procreate like we we do, and so the, the cloning process uh, degenerates over time, and so in order to have hybrid vigor, you need to uh, have the ability to procreate. So that's all in the biblical story. That's my take on it. Sash, I'm sure you have yours. What's yours? <laughs> okay, well, it, 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 to, uh, to go a little bit further, a lo long time ago, I, I, in, in the in the Illyrian system, there were peaceful humanoids, much like us, who had a number of like 140 settled planets, and they had space travel, and uh, the uh, people from the Draco Empire came upon them, and they uh, bombed out several of the planets, including uh, one called... Uh, Atlan and the Atlan and all the Lyrans fled to the Pleiades and to and to other areas to escape from the invading uh, Dracos and uh, some of them uh, uh, formed a unity uh, kingdom in uh, in the Pleiades. Uh, others uh, came to Maldek, a big uh, planet outside of. Uh, Mars, and some of them settled Mars, which was lovely at the time. The Dracos uh, hollowed out a, 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 a ice comet, which had a rocky core, and, and they went after the Maldekans, who saw them coming, and asked for shelter in Mars, and they went underground with the Martians. Maldek was blown up into the Cooper belt, and the planet continued, uh, the, this death planet, this, the ice comet went past Mars, sucked off most of the atmosphere. However, the Martians and the Maldekans were safe underground. It went past Earth and sucked the water off of this totally uh, water vapor covered planet and rose up Lemuria and uh, Atlantis and moved on to become Venus and the uh, Dracos emerged and they built a uh, hollowed out moon from which to conquer the Earth. And it goes on and on. But basically the Atlans and the Maldekans who were uh, brought to uh, uh, 
uh, Mongolia, the the, uh, the uh, Atlans were brought to Atlantis. They started. Uh, they caused the extinction of the dinosaurs and uh, the sinking of Lemuria. There's an extensive history. I shouldn't go into it all. But the Nibirans uh, were latecomers on the scene, and uh, they uh, were after gold and so forth. <laughs> right. But I have, I have a question for you, Dan. Uh, the day the Earth stood still was part of this uh, propaganda. They, I loved that movie. Tell me, <laughs> tell me more about that. What, what's that? Uh, what was that again, Janet? I'm sorry. The day the Earth stood still. You said that was part of the propaganda. The propaganda of the Nazis. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, by by the way, thank you both for your description. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, and I think it's all about our spiritual all these challenges for our spiritual growth you know or an evolution you know um right you know as far as uh you're talking about the you know the jewish control of the media and the nazis control of uh of of the media uh, is that what you're referring to uh yeah that basically uh ultimately it comes down to uh, the nibirans uh, sponsored the people who are, are base, uh, in control. They, you know, they work through the surrogates and they've been in control of the planet and they're playing off both sides against each other. Uh, Allah was Nanar, uh, who's opposed to uh, Marduk. Uh, and re just recently, the Galactic Council has sent the uh, Anunnaki uh, uh, orders to knock it off and stop fighting among uh Others and and they're basically playing off against the reptilian um, revelation scenario, which is uh, uh, what uh, the Dracos are are playing out. And I guess I wanted to know what you thought about that, and what you thought about Kim Un, and uh, strategically what's happening, and and how that is related to the extraterrestrial phenomena. Well, you know, it, interesting. You know, you're kind of keeping up on you know what Corey Good is saying on. Uh on some of the stuff saying that we're on a we're on a timeline where we could go either way where the future could go not so good where you know we just become slaves to a reptilian empire or mm -hmm. uh, or we become uh, you know liberated and we become you know aware and it seems that you know the control of the media I mean, you're just watching uh, you know I just sort of observe I don't really, um, when I watch the news, I don't watch it. I just sort of monitor it and see what it's trying to say. <laughs> look at all the right. media and all the stuff that, you know, all the, I, I say to my wife, Rebecca, I said, uh, looks like uh, more kill and hurt human programming going on. You know, they're constantly yeah. putting these images into our subconscious because they know the power of our co-creative collective consciousness to affect and change reality, and I think this is the this is the thing they're attempting to keep secret. You know, as far back in 1957, all the major universities uh, they they took out you know about the powers of of, of human consciousness, uh, and it's only in little you know little fragments that you know people go into quantum physics and and study this side of a thing but as far as being in the mainstream education it's totally vacant uh, right. and i think it's because they are concerned that we become aware of the power of our consciousness to affect this reality 
and the future, uh, you know, because you're not going to do it through, you know, writing your representative, which I naively thought when we went, you know, from uh, city to city. In fact, I stayed up all night with a programmer friend and a pizza, and we wrote a program uh, to fax all the, uh, the, you know, the president and all the representatives and senators. I even found a database to contact all the foreign embassies all over the world. And so we had about 30,000 faxes that came wow. in from going to the major cities. And I, I put them all, the responses from the senators and congressmen and the president, uh, I, I told people, if you get a response, send it to me. I'll put it up online to see how they're responding. And I put them up on you know, thewebmatrix.net. And you can you can read what they all said back in this was before 9/11 you know it was like after 9/11 oh. went off the radar, but it became very very apparent that they all had been indoctrinated obviously of CIA directors and the and the heads of uh, Joint Chiefs of Intelligence are being denied access along with presidents uh, which we had proof from two presidential administrations obviously the senators and congressmen are going to be out of the loop as well and so they were all indoctrinated on how to respond with official letters from nasa and you know talking about project blue book you know and old stuff like that so yeah uh yeah it's um <laughs> yeah, you're okay, not going so to uh, you're not going to write your congressman you're not going to be able to contact the media you're not going to, you can protest, you know, and picket in front of things. It, it's not going to really make a dent because the majority of people are still watching um, the evening news, which the right. uh, so person teleprompter. <laughs> so the programming's coming, it started with the television. There was a wonderful book by Preston Nichols called The Music Through Time. And uh, they had recruited him to put um, subliminals in um, early programming. And that's why he said, did you ever wonder why you watched the original Star Wars 20 times? He says, could we put this programming in there? <laughs> so, but now they have it throughout everything. I mean, here we are on the Internet right now. And I have the computer up right now. And it's, uh, they continually are sending uh, programming to keep us from our spiritual self, from becoming conscious, enlightened, and aware. And, and those who do become conscious, they're like sitting outside of the matrix going, now what? I, I'm awake, but everybody else is asleep. And they're, it's so frustrating. There, there are many, many people that are waking up. But, you know, what do you do when your brother or sister is still back in that uh, dark box? And their reality is different than yours. And then you get into these fights on the Internet and Facebook. I had to unfriend a lot of friends after the last election like many people and uh, you know not tune into it because it was just too harmful to my psyche to endure that level of um, you oh, know it's yeah. another level of separation another level of separation every oh, time yeah. you think that we're getting where we get separated again by some um, somebody really knows what they're doing they know psychological manipulation control and they, they keep us managed we are all being handled and managed quite well and what to do about it. Sash, what do you think? Stop participating. Uh, exercise Nelogy uh, uh, to the degree you can. Boycotts are good. Uh, general strikes are. 
by all means, avoid all violence because it just brings uh, un, uh, crushing counter violence. Right. But I, yeah, I, I think it's normalizing what they do in their people's consciousness. You know, even the cartoons, you know, Family Guy, you know, all of them. It's all, you know, kill and hurt human programming and destroy relationships is what it is. You know, they, they know that uh, there is a it was Princeton University that did a research, you know, on, on psychic, you know, abilities. And I thought it was kind of interesting that they found that one person has the power of one person. Two people have the power of two people. But when a man and woman... One woman has the power of one, and, and two women have the power of two. But when a man and a woman connect together, and it's like a power four times as powerful. But if the man and woman are in you know in love with each other in a relationship, it's like seven times uh, a powerful. They found out. So you wow. know, loving relationships. You know, all the soap operas of women used to watch, you know, it's like nothing but, you know, people deceiving and cheating on each other constantly is in the psyche. And then we have all the crime dramas of, you know, Criminal Minds and all of them, CSI Miami and all these different myriad of, uh, of crime dramas that are constantly putting imagery of people killing and hurting and, you know, uh, all, you know, this is like constant 24-7 on the media through everything possible. And then you have in movies, you have, uh, you know, all the apocalyptic movies. Uh, so all this goes into the psyche of, of what's possible. You know, human see, human do type of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's where it goes down to that level of controlling our psyche. And it it goes back to personal responsibility and what we can do individually. And then we can, that was really powerful about the loving connection between a man and a woman. Yeah. Like yeah. There's something, do. you know, universally, you know, when you look at it, um, you know, I used to work with uh, Dr. Robert Beck, uh, who was researching on the ELF brainwave, uh, that the CIA was doing, uh, and, you know, the Russians were doing the over-horizon radar, the woodpecker signal back some time, and it was heterodyning against our energy grid, which is 60 hertz. Theirs is 50 hertz, so they were immune to it. And it was falling within psychoactive windows that would uh, cause the cl liquid crystals in the brain to go into entrainment yeah. in four seconds. And what wow. they... What he found was that, um, and I, I, when I was working with the Naval Electronic Engineering Center on, on military satellite equipment and stuff like that for about 13 years, I was setting up and making, uh, making these oscillators. Uh, I introduced uh, Dr. Marcel Vogel to uh, Dr. Robert Beck, and that was an interesting uh, exchange. But what, what happened was... Um, the uh, old Navy chief who worked at White Sands with me, who said uh, World War III happened a couple of times, but the ETs got shut down. He was working out there when uh, Von Braun was there. Um, he was trying to wrap up the satellite equipment, something you can do in sleep, right? Ever all the time. We've did this for years. 
uh, I accidentally put the oscillator on the frequency that causes the left and right hemisphere, you know, the man and woman, the male and female within us, to desynchronize, uh -huh. which causes spatial disorientation. He was trying to wrap this thing. I had no idea what was going on because I didn't know it would accidentally got set. Perfect double-blind double experiment. He's trying to wrap this thing, and he just threw his hands down and says, you know, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's like, and I looked at the frequency counter, and I said, oh, my God. But what he did was he flew around the planet, you know, met with, uh, you know, Kahuna medicine men and uh, uh, Dutch masters and all these different, you know, uh, Buddhist uh, healers and all these different people who had talent and their conscious working and he found that their brain waves normally the left and right hemisphere the man and woman within us is like two dis distinct different people you know the if you look at the brain waves they're, they're very unique but when he found that they're, when they're in a working state of consciousness he found that the left and right hemisphere work together and and got in perfect phase with each other as one signal and it amplified and that frequency which that happened just happened coincidentally happened to be the schumann resonance which was around 7.83 hertz you know the schumann the one who uh, maria orsic got the uh, you know the information from the uh, from the nordics from the albarian constellation that proved viable physics which got the nazis off on anti-gravity so yeah. it's it's kind of interesting that uh, there is this power when, and even the work I did with Marcel Vogel in the laboratory, uh, you know, if you look at the, uh, the structuring of water and of quartz, uh, you know, quartz is, why is it piezoelectric? Because it's two triangles. One's, one's a, a positive, one's negative, or you can call it male and female. And in the, in the center, you know, in the ancient days of Pythagoras, way before the Jewish flag and everything, uh, there was a star of creation, which is a six-pointed star with a dot in the, minute, in the middle. The dot represented creation. It was the balance right. between the male and the female. And so when you squeeze a crystal, it offsets this positive and negative triad to cause a charge differentiation through trillions of these uh, molecules, which causes your cigarette lighter that has a piezoelectric uh, thing in it to, you know, <laughs> to make a spark because of the electrical potential that's created. So there, there is a profound uh, knowledge that is uh, when a man and woman. Uh, have this power to unite and to cause uh, a creative effect on in reality. Are you still there? Hello? Nope. They, they dropped off. Oh, oh. I'm trying to get them back right now. They fell off. I just showed them fall off. Okay. Anyway. I heard the last little bit you said. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want that information out there. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. I, I, uh, they're not coming back. They're still showing online, so I don't think they got booted. 
So you going to any of these upcoming uh, conferences that they're? Pretty much a hermit, you know, just stay up here on the hill with my wife and uh, kind of. You got an awesome place up there, I know. You said it's burning all around you, right? Yeah, yeah, there's fires, uh, fires uh, 10 miles of us that the air is so thick with smoke. Yeah, we live off grid uh, out here in the mountains on the mountaintop. A lot, a lot of people don't know, know that you are off-grid like that. I think it's awesome. I wish I could be completely off-grid like that. Yeah, I try to be as self-reliant as possible in a, in a world of questionable infrastructure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely some questionable ethics going on, isn't there? Exactly. Uh, now, they were speaking of the reptilians. Do you, do you think they're actually involve that high into our government i have no idea you know uh yeah i have no direct i don't I haven't had a direct interaction like janet has you know and and other people who you know what back or I used to think, in general put it that way how's that that make it a little easier you know it's kind of interesting you know uh, i used to think people who said they saw ufos that were making it up just wanted to have attention <clears throat> and it wasn't until uh, <clears throat> until I had one fly 100 feet over my head that all of a sudden, whoa, okay, <laughs> they are real, yes. You know, and then when people say they see them, I don't have any question or doubt. But, but then uh, there's a lot of people who said they, you know, have gone on board spacecraft and they've gone on underground bases and that they've actually talked and interacted face-to-face with extraterrestrials and you know for a lot of the mainstream people that's got to be uh that's got to be a hard sell because they don't have any basis to reference that to right well see myself i've never had any et contact but what, what i've gathered from all these people i do talk uh with about ufos and et contacts and that you know because i'm involved with janet and tj morris and and that and my show and the people who speak this stuff believe it themselves that's what yeah. that's what gets me so that you know you know and they're not i don't think they're uh, a lot of them are making anything up this is an actual belief on their part well somebody's piloting those things that are you know oh, yeah. you have you know i don't you have they're you know <laughs> they're there you have what the uh, what the combination between the MUFON and the uh, and the other big agency, you know, tens of thousands of reports, and those are just the people that report. I've never reported anything I've seen, and I've I've seen some things, and uh, my wife has seen one when I was gone working with uh, Bedini's on some energy project. I took the camera with me, of course, um, and one. Uh, appeared out by the balcony uh from over on the on the mountains on the other side you know a silver classic kind of ship that she saw uh you know so yeah somebody's somebody's driving those things so, are, so, are you speaking <laughs> about right there where you're at now yes yeah oh. where we're at now oh that's cool the only thing I've ever seen was back in the 70s, I was in the uh, Navy and I was out in the middle of the Atlantic and I seen a light, but it was in space. And it was traveling way faster than any satellite. 
Wow. What were you? What were you? I was in the Navy too, obviously. What What were you doing in the Navy? I I was a bosun mate. Ah. You're the one that keeps everything operating on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I, I painted the ship mostly, is what I did. All right, Janet's back. They're telling me to call. Okay. But we're we're still on the air, I take it. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. We never stopped. Uh oh, wait a minute. Call Skype. We will use cell. I just called the Skype. There we go. I think she's back now. Are you there, Janet? It shows them here, but I don't think they can hear us. Hmm. We can't hear y'all. <laughs> well, all I can say is support alternative media. <laughs> <laughs> we I mean, do our best. Call them back, I guess. I don't know. Let's see. I got a Skype here. Showing her connected. Yeah. Well, darn our last uh, fifteen minutes or so here. Um, Let me call her mobile and see what happens. Yeah. By the way, the listeners that are listening, uh, the web page is www. the web. Can you hear me? Now we can hear you. Okay, we're here. We're on our cell. Uh, he was in the middle of yelling out his website. Let him go ahead and well, yell it out. Real oh, oh, oh! We, we were uh, we were just talking. We were trying to get you back. I was just saying to the listeners if they want to look at my notes online is the the webmatrix.net. I keep it's like my online notepad that I keep expanding as I. Uh, I've I've done a lot of research into the secret space program with witnesses and stuff and uh, you know just little tidbits to add to your existing collection of research. Yeah, well, it's uh, good that you're doing that, <laughs> and uh, make sure you have it backed up really good because websites go down. But that's uh, great. I'm sorry we got food in here. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, our whole Skype went down, and then I had to reboot the computer, and then the computer wouldn't come on. So I'm glad that we're able to, to join you back here for the last, whatever this is, 15 minutes or so. Um, yeah. Well, we left off on about, you know, the left and right hemispheres of the brain and being able to and do incredible things when the male and female within us essentially is working in harmony. Right, and that's what this, see, we're, for, Dr. Les and I are both Tantra educators. In our first uh, 15, 20 years of life, we were, <laughs> together, we were teaching Tantra. In fact, we've been invited to go back that's to That's right. Tantra. Well, this is highly tantric. <laughs> yes, that's about reintegrating the yin-yang symbol, which has the dot, the white dot, and the black, and the black dot, and the white. That's the singularity. And Nassim Harriman has animated the yin-yang, and it's a toroid. When you animate it, and it shows the whole. Uh, it was it was a uh, symbol that was left behind, probably from uh, Anki, who wanted to see humanity evolve, become conscious. Uh, his his uh, desire was that we would do better than the Anunnaki. We would do better than they. So we're hoping to uh, help people. First of all, go back into your to your core incidents, your childhood 
um, programming and cultural conditioning, religious conditioning, and uh, deprogram yourself individually and then as a couple you identify your bonding patterns and see where you go sour and how you can better support each other and then in individually within self to balance your own masculine and feminine and then of course if you get together in loving relationships that that does exactly what your findings are saying that we create the seven times the power um the power of love you know and that can change and shift the entire continuum and i think that's what the the powers that be and the whoever they are, the Illuminati, fear the most yes. is that humanity has what's called the metagene. We have meta-DNA. We have the ability to do magic. We can yes. do the things on a certain level. Mm-hmm. This, is why, this is why I love talking about this. Like, you know, give the listeners something that, you know, everybody wants, you know, I, I would assume anyway, <laughs> that people want to see the most benevolent outcome for this planet, for every, for all beings concerned, and the planet itself. And we have this power of co-creative consciousness, and that's why I wrote this, this uh, little uh, visualization called uh, Imagine This, which is on the webmatrix.net, that basically is a visualization of going through the history of what's happened on this planet and and how it ended up in the future as a positive um, conscious projection of of a of a very possible reality because uh, you know when I wrote it back in some years ago everything that I wrote has sort of come to pass you know where uh, People are becoming consciously aware because of the alternative media of the Internet. And it is affecting a, a global collective consciousness. And, and I think it, the transformation is not going to happen, you know, through like what we talked about earlier, contacting your representatives or the media or anything. All that's been compromised. The, the way mm-hmm. that we can fight this is from within. Uh, in and understanding who we are and the powers of our consciousness and the power of visualization, um, I, well, I wouldn't underestimate that. John Lennon had a wonderful song, "Imagine," and that boy is part of what got him killed. But uh, if we give them, if we give people somewhere to go through our imagination, um, Teresa Moore said that the greatest power that human ha- humanity has is the ability to image, to imagine. A lot of the species have forgotten how to imagine things, but we can image things. We're very magical. We can manifest that into 3D physicality. So if we image, imagine a world where you know we live in peace and harmony, it's not just cliche, but it's an actuality. And we pull it back into how do we do it? What are the steps for it? Because we're in this dark matrix right now. And I've had some conversations with people about, like, the global economic reset and the basic minimum needs economy and and how do we get there from here. And part of it is starting to imagine that future and then backing it down to the doable steps that each of us can do individually and collectively. Um, You know, I don't have all the answers, but, you know, this is part of the download I keep getting from extraterrestrials is this whole system of how level one, two, three, four, and five civilizations exist. Now, we have next, or this month, this month, I think somewhere around the 20th or 23rd or something, the, the next uh, Star Trek comes out. It's been 12 years or something since the last Star Trek. And I hope, from what I see from the previews, that they're really going to get behind 
imagining this future of cooperation. I hope they don't turn into Star Wars. I got really angry with George Lucas because he took my Star Trek and he made it into Star Wars, right? He took the whole paradigm. But we can come back to the Trek. I was a, I worked with Gene Roddenberry, and Gene Roddenberry was one of the first whistleblowers, and he was telling us what was going on and what the potential was. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, we, uh, you know, I think, I think we're right on the, uh, right on the, right on the verge of, uh, of the whole situation going one way or, or another. And I think, uh, I think we have what we got going for us is the, the power of, um, uh, that truth has this ability, I believe, to, to resonate within all beings. Because actually, you know, we're all connected to, that's when you, you douse things to see if something's, you know, connecting to the subconscious that knows everything, uh, yeah. past, present, and future. The very fact that if something's true, it will resonate in any being. Um, but a lie, you know, has this... Uh, you know, where it it gets caught up. You know, my mother, you know, was, was born in uh, over in Buenos Aires, so it was English and French. Uh, used an old South American saying that the devil always forgets to put the lid back on the cookie jar. And I think what's happening <laughs> is we've got so many cookie jar lids all over the place. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, seeing these, you know, glitches in this perception mat matrix that they've mm -hmm. created. And uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people are open, but God, I, I just hope uh, <laughs> you know, like the Marines but, could come in and take over our mainstream media, you know, from the uh, perpetrators that are uh, controlling the perceptions. Right. Well, you know, part of controlling the perceptions is to stop, you know, listening to the program. I. My poor, I won't mention names, but some of the people I know are just a Fox News program. They just tell a program that they, their reality is everything that they say, and they, and they can't wait to get to sit down you know, and watch it again because they got to get another dose of it. It's, it's, a, it's like an addiction, and uh, that's how they, go, they walk through the world. But it's not fun, and even those people that are programmed and that are doing the programming, part of them – it has a strong desire to be conscious as well. Well, what they fear is what they actually want. And they they want to evolve and grow and become enlightened and reconnect with source and have, you know, some higher level experiences. And, and actually they're very brave. They played the dark side. They have played the villain in play. And, and they were, were um, the people upon which we had to, you know, retell against. You know, they became the opposing force. And it's very hard to play the villain. The villain, and so we're we're coming to the end. And I talked to Alfred Weber, who we talked about earlier. We're coming to the end of this yugas, and the, so I expect to see the changes. But towards the end, the polarity will actually expand and perhaps get darker. But I'm I was uh, at, when I was four, I was taken on board a mothership, and I was shown 24 different potential future possibilities for existence, and there were there were countless others. But these were the um, 24 most relevant or something, and um, the, the 
the dark side was the total apocalyptic and the planet was blown into smithereens. But the light side was the, uh, you know, utopia. But even utopia was kind of boring because there wasn't anything left to do. And they asked me, and I was, when I was there, I was not just a four-year-old child. I was my eternal self. I had the awareness of who I am from the dawn of my own creation and the dawn of creation down into, you know, inhabiting this avatar and, and <laughs> and participating as a human in this grand experiment and what, what reality do you want to see happen? And so I happened to choose third from the, um, from the utopia. I thought it'd be nice to have something left to do. Right. <laughs> and then I came back and I was in 1958. And of course we had, um, all kinds of, uh, people, you know, uh, screwing with the timelines and uh, we had the Montauk experiments and all those things after, um, let's see in 63, I guess Montauk people, they did something again with the 40, the 20 year anniversary of the Philadelphia experiment. And they, they took back the timeline they put it into a more negative uh, timeline. Whoever that is, I'm not sure who it is, but that's part of Stuart Squirbo's story. Um, and then of course they did something again in 83, but in 63, when they took us into the negative timeline, that's when we went down the road of uh, the Kennedy's assassinations and Martin Luther and all those things that unfolded then. So here we are. It's 2017, and um, I think we can, but we have to really think we can. We have to believe it, and believing means um, be living it, taking the concepts and internalizing them. Um, so one of the things that my, my guidance says is that if you say something and it kind of comes out weird or, or sideways and it sounds cruel or it's not loving, um, take it back and say it again, but breathe it down through your heart chakra. And the, our heart chakra is the center, is our center. Bring it into your center and say it again. It's like switching the channels. If you're going down, you know, you're watching some bad negative program, just switch it to something light. If you're going down the highway and you want to get up to the exit, which is light and loving, then you have to gradually start getting over there. But you can keep shifting lanes until you get to this objective that we need to imagine. And I, uh, do, can you read your thing or is it too long? The one about no, imagination. I agree. You know, this, this whole planet should be a happy, loving experience. It's not full of the deceptions and everything. I, you know, your awareness of where you're at, you know, has taken you some time and all of us have been, you know, generationally indoctrinated into these false okay. realities. Um, you know, it's, you know, I almost wonder, you know, the, the the full story of it all really keeps its own best secrecy because it's just too much for the average person. It's been generationally indoctrinated in a completely false reality that it's just too, mm-hmm. it took me, you know, like several, oh my gods, you know, my God, this is real. Oh my God, you know, it's mm-hmm. like he starts seeing all this stuff and then, um, and and the proof behind it, it's not like, you know, People are just telling stories. There's documented proof, and there's many, many witnesses behind it. But how to get people? I think there needs to be some type of program that helps uh, deprogram everybody from the bad programming. You know, to to get back most of the people on this planet to the full reality that's been um, hidden from them. Well, I I think there is positive programming. Yes. How do we get people back from this negative paradigm into something more loving and conscious? And I, I 
there there are some things I've been I kind of watch different shows like an anthropologist going what are what are we doing here what's the media doing and uh, there's a lot of neg I don't watch negative things though. I'll, I'll check out an episode and I'll go, well, that's too dark, that's too dark. But there are some wonderful um, shows out there, which is programming, right? They're all programs, television programs. And a lot of our programming comes to the media. So somebody's waking up and getting conscious. Uh, there's a show called Stranger, Strange Things, Stranger Things, and it's about this child that uh, was part of MK Ultra, And it's like, wow, they're, they're putting the truth out there. Um, she was. Uh, she didn't even have a name. She was called Seven, and they used her um, to go through the different uh, portals and dimensions. And you know, she's had remote viewing and the mind control and and child slavery and everything. And it's like it's coming out. and It's right there in the media. <laughs> and they and they go, well, somebody's being allowed to tell the truth behind this. So yeah, something's it, happening. It's amazing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the very fact that we're having this conversation. And there's people listening to us. You know, I don't know how many are listening to us, but the very fact they're thinking about what we're talking about, too. And all these different minds and more minds, you know, that's why alternative media is so powerful, is that uh, when you think about it, you know, it's affecting the collective mind. Yes, and so everything we do affects the morphogenic field. So if you're sitting there feeling powerless, hopeless, just do nice, kind, loving things in your own life with the people around you, and every act of kindness goes into the field. And if we did it, all 7 billion of us, we we would have the reality potential that we know is potential uh, right before. It's kind of like the Berlin Wall. Remember that was one reality we had growing up as a child of the 60s? It was like the Berlin Wall, and there were people that couldn't escape, and we had all these horror stories, and, and then all of a sudden one day, Tom Brokaw was on, and it was over. And we can accomplish the same thing, but it begins with each person. So just exactly acts of kindness in your life and um, spread it around. <laughs> Return something hateful with a kind action, like forgiveness. Forgive us all because we've all participated in this paradigm, which, you know, we actually have a pretty nice civilization, but we don't want to destroy it now. We, we work together generation after generation and created this incredible world of, of beauty. And uh, we're, we're, we're uh, trading. We have goods from China and India. And we're all trading. We are one world. And this separation is artificial. If we just... Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. 
some more speed records in this day and age. You need coverage. Coverage? Oh, you mean them little root weevils that crawl around popping off cameras in your face? Those root weevils write history. Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. When you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in Network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday.